Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Garrett Lapeer, local real estate agent with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. I'm here today with my co-host, Sina Loy, Carson City Library Director. We have another great guest on this week's episode, as well as our weekly segments, Community Connections and Lapeer's Corner. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to hop right in to the Community Connection segment with Sina Lloyd. Sina, I know that you guys over at the library have three levels of membership. How do you get any level of membership, and what's the difference between those three levels? So the Carson City Library does offer three different types of library card or library membership, and all three of those are free to access for the public. We offer an internet-only card, a classic, and a premier library card. The internet-only cards are the perfect for those visitors or residents who want to use the computers in the library. There's no age limit on this card, and this card does not require photo identification or a validated address. This card is limited to computer use in age-specific areas. For instance, if you are 17 and have an internet-only card, you can use the computers in the youth and teen portals. And if you are 18 and have an internet-only card, you can use the computers upstairs in the AT2 Digital Learning Center or the express computers near the library entrance. The classic, also known as the standard library card, is perfect for those visitors or residents who want to use computers in the library as well as check out traditional library materials. There is no age limit on this card as well, but it does require photo identification and a validated mailing address. If you do not have a current address on your ID, you can also provide a postmarked item. You also must live, work, go to school, or volunteer in Carson City to have access to e-resources specific to Carson City. This card is limited to computer use in the age-specific areas. For instance, if you are 17 and have a classic card, you can use the computers in the youth and teen portals. If you are 18 and have a classic card, you can use the computers upstairs in the AT2 Digital Learning Center or the Express computers near the library entrance. This card also allows you access to books, ebooks, audiobooks, e-audiobooks, DVDs, Blu-rays, and Playaway Views. The Premier Library card is perfect for those long-term visitors or residents who want to use the computers in the library, check out traditional library materials, and electronic equipment. There is an age limit on this card, and that is 14 years of age or older and does require a photo identification, a mailing address, and you must live, work, go to school, or volunteer in Carson City and possess a classic library card in good standing for 90 days. In good standing means a card free of fines, fees, late, or damaged library materials. This card is limited to computer usage in age-specific areas. For instance, if you are 17 and have a Premier Library card, you can use the youth computers, teen portal computers, or the digitorium computers. The premier computers upstairs in the AT2 Digital Learning Center are also available. If you are 18 and have a premier library card, you can use the express computers, computers upstairs in the AT2 Digital Learning Center, or the premier computers. This card also allows you to access books, ebooks, audiobooks, e-audiobooks, DVDs, Blu-rays, Playaway Views, preloaded Kindles, and various digital equipment. 
These are different items that are available in the ATTU and in the Digitorium based on age range. Garrett, I have a question for you for Lapeer's Corner. Can't wait. What you got for me? Why are photos so important in the marketing of your home? You know, this is a great new age real estate question. The reason photos are so important in marketing your home is simply because the photos are really what sells it. It's all about the first impression, and that's what your photos are. It's the same concept as, as seeing somebody take five different selfies before they find the perfect one. Hiring an agent that's either going to use professional photography or that has their own high-quality equipment is of the utmost importance. That should be one of the first questions you ask as a seller. Almost every buyer in this day and age, they say 95%, uses the internet in some manner to search or research for the property that they end up buying. Having high-quality photos allows a buyer to make a decision to physically go see the property that stood out most to them from behind their computer screen. And one of the main reasons that a, that a property will stand out is because of, of the quality of the pictures, the number of pictures that are out there. Um, you know, rather than having five pictures, put 25 pictures out there. The same can be said for having high-quality virtual tours and or video tours. Drone photography and videography is quickly becoming popular. I think, it's the ne I think the next big popular trend, though, is going to be 360-degree video that allows you to feel like you're standing in the living room of the home you're viewing from your cell phone. I hope that answers your question, and please feel free to contact me with any questions at sellingcarsoncity.com. Please stay with us, and we'll be right back with this week's interview. Just a quick production note. This interview was conducted with myself and Trevor Voigt from Sierra Nevada Media Group. All right, well now we're here for our guest portion of this week and uh, we've got Joel Dunn here. Hey Joel, why don't you go ahead and uh, just introduce yourself a little bit, let people know, you know how you came into the role that you're in and, and just kind of let us know who you are. Uh, you bet, thank you. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here. Uh, once again, Joel Dunn, I'm born and raised in Carson City. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of great opportunities throughout my career. I started my career in the mid-80s, and uh, one of my first jobs coming out of school was actually with the Nevada Commission on Tourism. I was afforded an opportunity to work underneath Richard Moreno. And Richard, uh, for those of you who don't know, was instrumental in, is an author. He started Nevada Magazine and ran the Nevada Commission on Tourism at the same time, uh, you know, 80s into the early 90s. And one of the first campaigns I had a chance to work on at that time was The Loneliest Road in America, and they're just celebrating 30 years. So certainly nice. was one that had some roots. And it developed an interest, although that interest, uh, I, I got away from the tourism component, uh, spent 10 years up at the university here, actually with the university system with Western Nevada College. Had a great opportunity to work underneath uh, Ann Hansen, their, their marketing director, and John Talzak, who was... Uh, uh, you know, world-known photographer. So I, I taught photography a little bit with John, a little bit of dark work, ran the print shop, graphics department, and had had that creative outlook, that, uh, you know, creative um, opportunity to showcase uh, what artists do and I, that, that creativity. So um, after that, I, I came on with the city. I was with the university system for about 10 years, 
took many different roles with the city. But when I came over, I took over the, the sports programs and uh, took a pretty significant pay cut, I have to say, coming from the university system to take a job that I knew I would love. And uh, it's actually drove me to where I'm at today. The operation manager's spot with the city provided that skill set that uh, was instrumental in in really addressing some issues that the Visitors Bureau was facing. In the downturn of the economy, we were continuing to showcase ourselves no differently, just kind of based on our historical significance. And and that's, uh, it's proven to be very challenging for a community to just showcase its its rich history and trying to bring visitors from all over the world to the community. And and obviously we need to be a destination where surrounded by the beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno. And I was provided that opportunity to take over the Visitors Bureau back in May of 2013. And the directive from the board at that time was uh, to rebrand, rebuild, create a business model, and uh, with that, uh, restaff the Visitors Bureau. And I can tell you, it's been, of all of the things I've done in my career, certainly one of the most uh, impactful to the community that I love but also one of the most uh, rewarding for myself. I, I absolutely love it, having an opportunity to sell Carson City. Right. Yeah. Well, and especially being born and raised here, as, as all of us on this podcast are, which yeah. is kind of cool. Uh, what, what does the tourism and, and, visitor, and visitors bureau do? I mean, what you, for, for someone who has no idea, what is it that, that's your goal? What do you target? What are you trying to accomplish? You bet. You know, great question. One of the challenges coming in three years ago was to do exactly that, to build an understanding of what a Visitors Bureau provides, the resource it brings into the community. And that's, uh, that was an effort to get not only our elected officials behind the efforts of the Bureau, to get our community behind it, our business community. Uh, when you look at the industry of tourism, it's obviously the largest industry in the state of Nevada. It drives anywhere between 28 to 30 percent, depending on the community's uh, sales tax base. So when you invest as a community into the industry of tourism, it's certainly going to help your entire economy as a whole. So the first step was to do exactly that. Sit down with the businesses. Talk to them about the customers that are coming in. Make them understand the significant economic engine tourism plays in our community. A Visitors Bureau is simply an opportunity provided by the Nevada Revised Statute that a municipality under $700,000 can use a portion of room tax to market itself. Market itself to the community, market itself to the region, market itself to the world. And that's exactly what we're tasked with doing. So uh, the benefit to our community, when you look, um, last night I ran through some numbers. We had our board meeting and I was showcasing a non-legislative year, the first non-legislative year where we've actually seen some pretty significant increases. Normally we would see in Carson City a decrease in our lodging and in our room tax revenues about six to eight percent and we're up. In fact, year to date over the course of the last 24 months we were up I think 17 percent. Where that's impactful, we've brought in roughly 16 almost 17 million dollars this year in room tax and room revenue. That room tax that's collected and the room revenues really only represents about 30% of visitor spending. So that means that the visitors coming into our community are spending 70% on retail, on, on their food and beverage, on their entertainment. So it's very impactful for our business community. And if we're only seeing our side at 16 million, think about the rest of the impact for the community. So it, it, it keeps that, that economic engine turning.
Right. Yeah. And, and that's what you guys call a head in bed? Head in bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that term that you hear us use quite often. Um, early on, I have to say that we the emphasis on every dollar we spent, you, you have to have that measured return on investment. And we correlate that to a head in the bed. For every dollar I spend, really I'd like to see at least one person stay in one of our lodging properties. Um, the benefit now is that we're expanding out to where we, we've, we've, we're past now where we were at in those uh, 2007 pre-recession numbers. Our room tax revenues are higher than they've ever been. It affords us an opportunity as um, an industry of tourism to give back to our community a little bit more. And, you know, you, you, that's evident in what we're doing now with the cultural tourism campaign that's going to be very impactful for our community. But, yeah, heads and beds is that, uh, that term that we use. Gotcha. And where would you say, uh, Joel, that we're, we're reaching out? You know, where are, we, where are we marketing this, the message that we're trying to get across? And, and who are we really targeting? I mean, who are the best visitors for Carson City? You know, once again, great question. So one of the first things I had to do, I'm a numbers guy. I'm an operations. I sit behind the scenes and I do research and I look at night major returns and I look at calculated risk. And um, for me, I needed to identify what were the emerging trends. So if you identify the trends in of like communities, you know, communities that are familiar with this. I looked at the markets in the Denver. I looked at, you know, Tahoe, our own region. And where were we missing opportunities by the way that we were advertising Carson City? I kind of go back and I won't go too much, but I had an opportunity to bring in a young, great mind, a gentleman who just got his master's degree from uh, Maine. Had him come in, picked him up at the airport, took him down. We're sitting around at uh, one of our great restaurants. And he looked around and said, well, where are your cowboys? Where, where's your dirt roads? And I said, well, what are you talking about? You know, I, I grew up in this community and, and yeah, occasionally we'll see a cowboy. And once in a while you get behind a horse trailer and not that often. And he said, well, I went to, you know, your, your websites that showcase your community, your, your chamber, your visitors bureau, and all you kind of sell yourselves as this historical community. The role that the Visitors Bureau play is much more than just creating a diverse opportunity for bringing people in. If we could showcase ourselves as a community that has the quality of life for the young educated workers, we're more inclined to get manufacturers wanting to relocate. We're going to be more inclined to get the entrepreneurs that want to do startup businesses. So that was what created the rebranding effort. The rebranding effort, once again, showcases our historical significance. But it does much more than that. It showcases that we're the hub of the region. Our connectivity to one of the world-class destinations of Lake Tahoe. It shows the connectivity to Reno. Uh, When you look at the trends, we also want to identify those that have the most discretionary dollars. Those that have more money to spend, we need to come to our community because they're going to, you know, have the opportunity to allow us to increase our average daily rate in our properties. They're going to spend a little bit more money when they entertain themselves. They have a tendency to stay longer in the community. Those markets were the markets for the outdoor recreation enthusiasts. Truly, the millennials right now, the millennials, although it's a tough market to get to, you have to blast out through the social media platforms, and that certainly was new to Carson City. Um, but we've been very successful in doing that. Um, that's evident in the the Epic Rides mountain bike race that we brought into town. That. Although it was a a tremendously successful event, uh, we just got some economic data back that Arizona State put together. So, you know, it's showing where I thought it would be, that $1.3, $1.4 million, 600, 650 riders registered. The out-of-towners, you ended up with 60% of those attendees came from out-of-state, 83% of the attendees came from outside of the area. 
So the importance with that is not only did we go after a demographic that has more money to spend, more discretionary dollars, but we provided the majority of the people coming in for that event, they brought new wealth to the community. You and I live here, we spend our money here. If we buy a car and we buy our groceries, it's great for the economy, but it's not the same as new wealth. New wealth to our community is instrumental in our, our economic wheel. So um, that's kind of the market. You know, the market was showing all the diverse options. I, I was tasked early on to look at my community through the eyes of a visitor. I walked around and I, I had to take Carson City in completely different than I ever have growing up here. And I started to realize, well, wait a minute, the things I took for granted is why people love to travel and visit here. And I need to showcase that. And I have to tell you, it's kind of created a new love affair for myself and my community. I, I look at my community differently than I ever have. So that's really that whole rebranding, the target markets we go after. Um, nailing that down to locations, we obviously have a pretty significant drive market. The drive market reaches out to the San Francisco Bay Area, Sacramento, um, as far north as Portland. Um, we certainly do a lot of advertisement down through the L.A. scene. We partner quite a bit with all of the resources provided through Nevada Commission on Tourism. They're looking at the same target market, so we parlay a lot of their efforts. And uh, yeah, it's it's been collaboratively a, a great effort between Virginia City, ourselves, Reno, Nevada Commission on Tourism, and Tahoe. Well, that's great to hear, okay. you know, and, and I think we can see that, you know, that there's a lot going on, especially here in Carson City. Um, and, and kind of to touch on that, what do you have in the pipeline for yourself right now, Joel? You know, we have um, an opportunity that's provided us through some grant funding. We, we try to maximize the dollars that we spend in marketing our community. And uh, as such, we, we partner quite often with Nevada Commission on Tourism. Um, we built a beautiful multi-athletic center for the residents of Carson City. Every time I look at, and, and sometimes this is, this is challenging in the eyes of having to deal with visitors because we don't like to share what we have. We, 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 we wanna, we got great trails and why do we want other people on it? We have great uh, new facility. Well, I look at it as an opportunity to become an economic engine. I applied for some grants to help put together a marketing campaign. We've dedicated about $10,000 this year so we can better market the MAC. So you, you're certainly going to see uh, some increased use with the MAC, and we've got a tremendous working relationship with the city. Um, the city manager, Nick Morando, I think uh, you guys will have an opportunity also to hear from. He's He understands that economic engine. He understands trying to create a balance between the you know the general public's use of our facilities and occasionally letting visitors come in and bring that new wealth that we talked about so you'll see that increase in the mac um, you know we're certainly going to have epic rides back again although they had 650 registered riders this year we're going to try to build that up to you know maybe 11 or 1200 depending on the permitting with state parks and the forest service we want to build slowly with that because there's certainly although we put together, I think, with the city, a, a great plan of action. We, we had some parts we didn't execute as well as we could have this year, and we're going to fix those. Um, but overall, what a great, you know, great event that was. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll give you props for that. that I, I thought it was a great event. And for us to be able to pull that off with all of the construction we had going on at the same time, just think of how great it can be when we're yeah. all cleaned up down there. Yeah. You know, I think it'll be... I think it'll be great. And, and it certainly helped reinforce our new brand. It, it's showcased to the world. I mean, you had world-class athletes coming to Carson City. Um, not to get off of your question, but one of the most impactful moments I had for that event. Certainly great event, brought new money into the community. 
reinforced our brand. We were in all kinds of mountain bike magazines. You had one of the top pros from around the world, Kenny Ware. He has uh, stands, no tubes. He he pretty much sponsors all the top riders. He came off of our trail system, was doing a live uh, feed like this with uh, Facebook and ended up having a question from Pink Bike asked of him is, what did you think of the trails? And without any hesitation, he said, listen, I've rode all over the world. I've raced in every major mountain bike race. And I'm telling you right now in the United States, I just rode the best course I've ever rode. I, wow. I just, wow. how impactful is that? that is and that, that pays, you know, um, recognition to all of those volunteers, the Jeff Potters of the world and Muscle Powered, um, Kevin Joel, and so many great people who have dedicated all their time into building these trails for the residents of Carson City. And now we get to occasionally use those to create a million and a half dollar economic engine in, a, in an event. So, That's yeah, great. yeah, great opportunity. Well, and I, I, I see it exactly how you do, Joel. You know, all, all those events, especially Epic Rides, it's an opportunity to market our area and let people know about all the great things that we have here. And, and yes, there is always a part of you that goes, man, it's a secret and I don't want to tell everybody about that. <laughs> I agree. But, but also I know in my line of work and in real estate, you know, I have people who will come here and they'll say, I was here five years ago for such and such an event or I went up to Lake Tahoe and I, I explored around the area and I fell in love. And that's why I'm moving here. So it's not just people that, that, that generate economic development. It brings new residents, it brings new investment, brings new wealth here. And, and it's a great, great way to market our area without having to be pushy and give them a sales pitch and make them sit down and, and, and listen to a presentation. Uh, yeah. Anything new, anything that's in the pipeline for Carson that, that we should know about? Yeah, you know, we're, we're partnering now, um, as we do with almost all of our projects. There's a couple of different things coming on. Uh, the, our new city manager, Nick Morano, is uh, launching and he's, he's done a couple of presentations on the Smart City Initiative. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly going to be impactful for residents being able to communicate better with the city on any of their concerns, knowing what's happening. It allows us um, that partnership. We've been working on some community kiosk. You know, we, we launched a mobile app. Uh, looking at those trends, as I mentioned earlier, going out and doing the research of how, how do you get information to visitors? At that time, three years ago, you would see that, you know, 80% of visitors were getting their information using their mobile device. Of those, 83%, I think, at the time were using uh, mobile apps. So we developed an app and um, we've, we've... And now, what's that app called, just so we can get them Yeah, to if you go to either one of the stores, whether you're going to the Android or to the iPhone, free app and it's Visit Carson City. And I have to tell you, as a resident, it has every restaurant in town. It has every event. So if you're not informed and you feel that you just aren't getting the information, no better way. It's a real-time visitor's guide. We control all the content in-house. So if there's an event that somebody announces today, it's going to be on the mobile app this afternoon. Uh, so yeah, download that app. It's a great resource. Now, the nice thing with that app is the last year, another one of the grant-funded uh, projects I was working on was creating some community kiosks. On the weekends, it's tough for people that are going around. If you have a ticketed event, um, there's not a lot of opportunities, like the VNT Railroad, say the Polar Express. Um, we wanted to create a couple of community kiosks we could set up that would interface that mobile app development into a community kiosk. 
we're partnering with the city of Carson City and their Smarts Initiative, they're certainly building a pretty significant platform around that campaign, and they're gonna be able to integrate our mobile app platform into a touchstone screen that'll give visitors or residents an opportunity to buy a ticket to one of Stephanie Aragati's great performances at the theater, buy a ticket to the VNT Railroad, you can do it in real time wherever you're at. So yeah, yeah, that's along that lines. The other one, another grant funded project um, that I'm working on is the integration of an interactive mo uh, mobile app mapping feature. Truly what it boils down to is it's an itinerary builder. If you go to use our mobile app, you come to our website, hopefully within about six months, you can come on as, and say, listen, I'm gonna be in Carson City on these dates. I, I really love arts and culture. I like sushi. Um, I want, while I'm there, to go golfing. By the time you're going to build your own itinerary based on a mapping feature that we're going to integrate. So we're working on that process right now, too. That's cool. Yeah. And then that mapping feature is going to tell you how to get to where you yeah. need to go, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, huge resource. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah. Now, you know, one thing you talked about early on was, was sports, and that was your background. That's how we and you kind of came to know each other, was through the softball program. Um, how do you see sports and tourism kind of intertwining within Carson City and, and, and playing a role together to bring new people here? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of touching back, I think, when uh, early on when we developed our relationship, I was finding a way to lower the cost of sporting programs for the residents. Operations with recreation, we took over all of our snack bars. It was a revenue generator. We could lower the cost for the residents to play in the sports programs. Um, decided about 17 years ago now to bring in a couple of new tournaments and raise some more money in our concession stands. We could maybe go from $55 to $50 for the local residents to participate. And I have to tell you, after year two, we saw what the true economic engine was from starting a sports tourism campaign. I reached out to our elected officials and then the Visitors Bureau Board at the time, like I say, this was 17 years ago, pitched the idea of creating a sports tourism market. Uh, you know, we needed some dedicated funding. This could not impact the general fund. I needed room tax to invest in creating those heads and beds, like we said, um, measured the return on the investment and it blew up it was amazing so the visitors bureau board allocated i think the first year fifteen thousand dollars i invested that fifteen thousand dollars covered all the direct costs for sports tourism the market we put together and we had a, re a return of about 3.6 million dollars the first year um, now that has built up over the course of the last 17 years we still dedicate funding from room tax that we give to the city to cover all direct costs associated with putting all those tournaments on so if there's a soccer tournament, a swim meet, a baseball tournament, the direct costs associated with the city putting those on are, are, is covered through room tax. It doesn't affect the general fund. Now, the measured return on that, we have upwards of you know 25 sporting events in Carson City every year and have for the last 15 years. And the measured return without using a multiplier is a little over $20 million a year. It brings in roughly 75 to 80,000 new visitors to our community. The nice thing about sports tourism, with the tournaments we've been able to attract, a lot of times these regional and national level tournaments, they'll come into our community and, and they start on a Wednesday. They're here for four, five, sometimes six days. So they're spending kind of that measure. A visitor will typically spend roughly about $130 a day when they're in a community, and that's, that's across the region. A little higher in Tahoe because of the cost of visiting Tahoe, but that's kind of the number that we use. So, yeah, but the sports tourism campaign... It, 
Although it's significant, and it certainly drives all of our restaurants and our lodging properties to be full throughout a lot of the weekends during the summer months, it really only represents about 10% of our market. You know, we, we get about 750,000 visitors, uh, give or take, every year that come into our community and stay in a lodging property. Um, but sports tourism certainly is a niche that we're well known for throughout the entire western region. Uh, we're going to continue to invest in it. Great. You've done a good job. And great explanation of that as well. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time for uh, our, our one question that we like to ask all of our guests, Joel. And uh, that would be, in a perfect world with no limitations, what is the one thing that you would like to see in Carson City? Well, I have to tell you, we're already heading in that direction. Um, when I travel, I absolutely love going to communities that have a vibrant downtown. They have a walkable, bikeable area for me and my wife and my family, my grandkids, whoever I'm traveling with. We become immersed in a community for be it a short time, a day, two days, three days. We're heading in that direction. Uh, I can tell you, although I was hired, I believe, to, to rebrand and rebuild the Visitors Bureau, as I mentioned, one of the things that I stayed true to that I said during my interview three years ago um, although I grew up no different than Garrett, I grew up playing sports in Carson City, I was always the 13th player. I was always the one they put on the team to do the stats. I, you really were like me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was what they call the manager. So um, I, I, I grew up also around music. I grew up around arts in, in our community. And as we all had a chance to go through Mr. Dady's band programs, and um, in my interview, I had said that through the rebuilding effort, the one thing I wanted to see happen in this community is that we were able to use room tax at some time in my career. I thought it would happen in year five. Use room tax, using money coming in from visitors, not from our general population, to fund arts and culture in our community. And that's happening. Um, as you know, we passed a 1% increase in room tax. It was supported by every major property in Carson City. Of the 34 properties, 24 contribute to room tax. All 24 properties stepped up to the plate and said, listen, there's certainly a market for us in cultural tourism, which when we talked about trends, it is the fastest growing trend in tourism across the world right now. The number one outbound tourism uh, trend from China is cultural tourism. And that you're seeing that grow across the world. So there's a huge market for us. Most importantly, we have an opportunity to use room tax and increase in room tax to help create a better quality of life for people in our community. We're going to have a renaissance. We are going to hire a very dynamic arts and culture coordinator with room tax. You're going to see public art showing up throughout our entire community. You're going to see additional funding happening for our great performance. As I mentioned, Stephanie Aragatis, this month we've got the great jazz festival happening throughout our community. There's so many great things in this community that albeit short on funding or support or marketing, we can provide that element that's been missing. Um, we're going to see a pretty significant change in our community over the course of the next 10 years with this dedicated funding source. So uh, we're heading in that direction. That, that, that was really the one thing that, um, you know, I, I've, I've been serving our community now for over 30 years. I've been a public servant through good and bad. Um, and this, I honestly believe, will be the most impactful project I've had an opportunity to work on. So I'm, I'm 
so excited in this. Um, the rest of it, yeah, we could we could use more sports fields. You know, we certainly we built a nice multi-athletic center. I'd like to see the expansion of the theater over at uh, the community center as a needs. I did a needs assessment survey in Carson City years ago, and that was one of those uh, those demands from our community. We need we need a better theater space. So there's a lot of great things we can work on. We're taking small bites right now, but uh, for me personally, being a part of this arts and culture scene that we're going to be developing, outstanding. Well, and you brought up that in the uh, the funding now that you're going to have for the ultimate for the arts and culture. Yeah, can you touch a little bit about on, on a little bit about what that position is and, and you what bet. you're looking for with that? Um, so I, you know, I partnered uh, with the the city on this effort. Uh, the city was working with the arts community over the course of the last year and a half, uh, developing a master plan for the implementation of public art identifying that it certainly was going to take an administrator. It was going to take somebody to go out, work with our art community, sit down, listen to their needs, do an inventory of our assets, and go after grant funding and organizing and structuring. This is a great mind. This is somebody, and there's certainly um, opportunity. So when we identified that you needed to hire somebody, Right now, I can tell you that as a community, we're still doing everything we can and we're recovering from you know, the 2008-2009 recession. It's, it's not really the time to find public funding for the arts and culture. And maybe that's just my opinion, but it certainly will happen sometime in the future because everywhere across the United States, people are, are becoming more aware of what that does for your community, what it does for your quality of life, what it does for your education component. Um, now having room tax step in. Broom Tax was an opportunity to expand into cultural tourism and provide that funding to hire this administrator. It gave us an opportunity once again to partner with the city, having this unbelievable creative mind working out of the Visitors Bureau, which I have to tell you is a real, real creative environment. You've got photographers and videographers and social media managers, and you're surrounded by all these great you know, people trying to make our community better. I couldn't think of a better location for an arts and culture coordinator to work out of. Um, so we, we went through the process and we did get that 1% room tax increase. During that time, I had the, the uh, city HR department. They did an unbelievable job doing a recruitment. We went nationwide recruiting the best applicants we could possibly get for arts and culture. And I have to say that, you know, the minimum qualifications were pretty steep. You're, you're talking about somebody that we're asking for not only, you know, uh, minimum a bachelor's degree, but you, they have to have been immersed within their community where they come from if they weren't here for years, and that's from doing the contracts to RFPs, RFQs, with the artists, call to artists, asking a lot of these applicants. We ended up with 48, 48 qualified applicants from all over the world. Um, went through a process where we, uh, we reached out to subject matter experts. Um, they, the two people that stepped up to the plate for us was uh, Susan Boscoff, she's the executive director of the Nevada Arts Council, and just done amazing things for the state and our community. And we ended up with Christine Fay stepping up and she was the art administrator for Reno. If anyone's had a chance to go to Art Town, you can thank Christine Fay. She's, she's created a, uh, a definitely a destination, a well-known destination for art within Reno. So I had those two going through all of the applications, narrowing down the field based on what the applicants put into their resumes and their applications. And uh, we narrowed it down to 11, 11 of the top qualified candidates. And uh, this is ranging from all over the United States as far away as Australia. Went through a series of Skyped interviews, did all the reference checks, 
um, even called any panels or boards they'd worked with, artists and communities they'd worked with, and went through a pretty lengthy process to narrow it down to the top three. I brought all three of those applicants in uh, last week, and those applicants were coming from Pittsburgh, from New York, and also from Australia. Um, had them come in, they did, they had a chance for three days to immerse themselves in our community, to become engaged with our, our art community and, and walk around and introduce themselves. And I had an opportunity to follow them and observe how well they, they did immerse themselves in our community. And I have to tell you, all three did a spectacular job. Um, they went through the paneled interview. That panel consisted of myself, city manager Nick Morano, Karen About, who was instrumental in putting this master plan together with the art community and certainly sees a vision for Carson City's art scene. Um, we had Christine Faye come down from Reno, Jonathan Buller, who is the, uh, the chair of the Visitors Bureau Board, and once again, just one of our great minds in our community, and Melanie Burchetta from HR. So we, we had a pretty good panel put together that represented the Cultural Commission, the Visitors Bureau Board, the city as a whole, and uh, had the three applicants come in, and once again, stellar. They just were everything we could possibly be looking for. Uh, the panel uh, did narrow down the field, and they had uh, suggested one of the applicants, and uh, the next step was to have all three do a public presentation. It was something that n none of the applicants have ever heard of in their career. I had them do a presentation to our art community. So we went up to the Brewery Arts Center last Wednesday night, uh, the 3rd, and they, they did a presentation in front of the community that they would be serving to let them know who they are, what they're going to be bringing to Carson City. Um, we had two of the applicants that uh, were able to do the presentation. Unfortunately, the third just wasn't a, in a position with his current employer to have a, a public presentation as part of the hiring process. Um, but the two that did the presentation, I solicited comments from, from the art community, and I, I received exactly what I had hoped for, good and bad, on, on both of the, the applicants. Um, I can tell you that I'm working through right now to um, hopefully finalize an offer of employment to the candidate uh, that I'm selecting, and I'm hoping to do an announcement uh, here through the Nevada Appeal on Thursday. Um, and, I, and I have to tell you, it is going to absolutely change the dynamic of Carson City in this entire campaign, uh, blown away that um, somebody that's so immersed in their own community doing so many great things wants to bring that to Carson City. I'm truly excited. Yeah. Very exciting, thanks, and, yeah. and I, I got a chance to hear those presentations. They both did a phenomenal job. Yeah, we want to thank you for coming in, for yeah. being our first guest, for being okay. the guinea pig. You did a great job. We really appreciate you. You know, I, I, I know for me, I've never seen Carson City with as much enthusiasm and energy and excitement going on, and I think a lot of that, you know, you touched a little bit about, you know, the political will. I haven't seen political will like we've had now and ever in my lifetime where people have a vision and they have confidence in what they believe in. And you are certainly one of those people who has a true vision of where you want to go and where you want to take it. And you're not going to get deterred from that track. And you've done a terrific job. I want to thank you for that. Well, you know, I appreciate your guys' support and we're nowhere near finished. I can tell you that. There's a lot of additional goals. I have a tremendous staff put together. I've hired the greatest minds from our community, and we're all dedicated at uh, continuing this effort. So, 
And where can people reach out to you, Joel, or your staff if they have other questions and things of, you know, of that nature? Where, where should they head? You bet. Um, you know, you can always go to our website, which is visitcarsoncity.com. Uh, definitely download that app. You're going to find it as a huge resource for you. But um, I would encourage you to stop by the Visitors Bureau. You know, we relocated down to the corner of uh, Carson and Washington Street. Um, incidentally, I, both my parents came in and they looked around in this new office that I was excited about and they told me, you know, we both worked here when we were kids. It was a movie theater. Your mom was working in concessions and I was running the reels. <laughs> and so it was great to, to work at the same site that my parents did when they were kids in Carson City. But uh, we're right on the corner of Carson and Washington Street. Um, great location. Come on down. We've got, uh, you know, all the swag you'd ever want to buy for Carson City. But meet the staff, that, that dynamic staff that I did. You certainly have an opportunity to sit down and see that everyone in this office loves Carson City. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Joel. We, we really bet. appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Carson Chatter Podcast. When you do, please leave a review as it makes it easier to find us. And please engage with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching Carson Chatter Podcast. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast. Mm-hmm.